0: Uh, all three of you, praise God. I was looking at this uh, this thing of service, this order of service. I noticed on the first song, only row one, two, and four were supposed to sing. And then on the second one, again, one, two, and f- three got left out twice. <laughs> and then I realized what it meant. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's good to be here Um We had to make an emergency run to Michigan from North Carolina. My wife's mother took a turn for the worst last week, and she passed away. And and, uh, so that's why we're up this way. And I've been just recently talking with Brother Shane, and and, uh, we've got reacquainted. And he wanted me to get here and and meet Brother Jim. I'm glad to do that. I like what you're doing. Praise God. Keep doing it. Um, But my purpose for being here, I just want to say this up, up front. Amen. When we come into a church, it's not to get a love offering, and it's not for you to take us on for support. If you want to do that, that's between you and God. Amen? What we're here for is to help you minister to the veterans, National Guard, and Reservists that live in this community. Amen? We might not be able to do that all in one trip, but we might be able to do it through a veteran that's in this church and help them reach out to other veterans. Amen? It's like this. Uh, have you ever lost a child? Is there anybody in here that lost a child? Amen. If you haven't lost a child, you don't know how to minister to someone else who, who lost a child. You've got to go through that. Anybody in here ever had cancer? You can't minister to somebody else with can- that has cancer unless you've gone through cancer. And it's the same way with soldiers. I've been through combat. And we understand one another. Amen. It's the same type of thing. That's that's what makes it special. I didn't plan this. God called me to this. I got out of the military, spent over 20 years as an assistant pastor and youth pastor in three different churches in Michigan. Enjoyed it. Loved it. I loved being second man. You don't have to make the decisions. (laughs) You don't have to face the the consequences. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm going to do that. (laughs) I loved it. And then one day, God put a burden on my heart. I led a man called Dusty Russell to the Lord. Dusty served in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. And on July 27th of 2005, Dusty got born again. Amen? I think it 2006, I think it was. 2006, not 2005. I have a photographic memory, no film, so you have to forgive me. <laughs> God pricked my heart for the military. I said, "Lord, you show me what you want, and I'll do it." And for almost 17, little little over 16 years, we're in our 17th year of traveling up and down the roads to churches like this, trying to help reach our veterans. Now we do it every day. We see a veteran, we go up, we talk to him. Hey, thank you for your service. You know, and uh, we've got a booklet that we hand out. If you're a veteran, would you stand tonight, please? I'm not going to ask you to say which branch you are because the Marines will get big-headed. And, uh, but i got a book that I want to give you, and it's, it's a book that we come across a number of years ago. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Wildwood Baptist Church up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. They, they're the ones that printed it. And uh, it's called Grace Will Lead You Home. It has been an absolute blessing to pass out to veterans. It is the best icebreaker we've ever had. We've had it for about eight years now. And uh, uh, it's just a blessing. I want you to have a copy of that. When you get done reading it, I want you to give it to another veteran. Amen. That's the start of your ministry to veterans. Amen. But I, I, I gave that book to a veteran in, in uh, West Virginia a couple years ago. The church had been trying to reach for 30 years. I'll make the story real short. After about 15 minutes of reading it, he looked at it. He come and found me and he says, I know this guy. The co-author of the book is a, is a Vietnam veteran. He says, I know this guy. I was there when this happened. I served with him. Church had been trying to reach him for 30 years. He got saved about six or eight weeks later. Amen? If that's what it was about for the last 16 years, I think that one soul was worth it. But there's been hundreds. Amen? We've had at least two soldiers in the last 16 years, not the day we met them, not a year later, or maybe usually it was five to eight years later, have called us up and said, you know, the day we met, I was going to commit suicide. I think in 16 years, if we stop two suicides, that's worth it. Amen. We travel this country. We meet veterans at gas stations. A lot of times when we're at a church like this, somebody will come up and say, hey, would you go visit my dad? Would you go visit my sister? Would you go visit my son? They live in so-and-so. And what has blessed our hearts more than anything, Brother Shane, is most of the time when we're asked that, it's two or three miles from where we're going. The furthest it's ever been is 24 miles. The closest it's ever been is three tenths of a mile. You can't plan that. That's God. God is in this ministry, and I thank God for calling me to it. I believe it's why He sent me to war. I believe it's why He wouldn't let me go in the Air Force. I believe it's why He wouldn't let me go in the Navy. I'll share with these folks back here, these fine folks that have been in those branches. Bless their heart. I feel sorry for anybody that is an army because when you get saved, you got to change branches. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Join the Lord's army. I was sharing that with them, you know, and, and, uh, I, I believe I got kicked out of the air force. I got kicked out of the Navy and had to beg my way out of the army and, uh, failed a physical for the Marines. Couldn't get my head to fit in a jar. But anyway, I, I just believe God allowed the, the length and time to wait to put me where he wanted me at that point. Amen. And, uh, I'm just thankful God is using this ministry. that souls are being saved. Lives are being changed. The biggest thing about our ministry is we don't focus just on soldiers. We focus on their family, too. My wife, this is my wife and my bride. Stand up, give your bride wave. This is my beautiful bride. You pray for us. We're newlyweds; We've only been at it for 35 years. Just getting started. And, uh, but she knows what it's like to be left behind. I remember the first time I got to make a phone call home. I called her and she answered the phone. She said, hello. I said, hi, honey. And she started bawling. I had three minutes on the phone. That's all I was allowed. She bawled for two and a half of them. I hung up after that. I wrote her a letter and said, I ain't calling you again. <laughs> but to hear her side of it, that's the first time she found out I was still alive. Amen. She can minister to the families and has over these last 16 years tremendously. Amen. She's worked with some of our female soldiers and did a fantastic job. But that's what our ministry is about. And and, and that's as simple as I can make it. And and It's not not about uh, um, we pick on each other, you know, different branches. We pick on each other just like brothers, you know. But we're all in this together, you know. I love people who love our country that are willing to sacrifice their life for it. You say, well, you didn't sacrifice, you came back. I sacrificed more than you think. We just left our daughter's house this morning. She's 30, 31. She was 27 before I had a relationship with her as a father and daughter. Because I was gone the first year she was born. I didn't get to hold her. I didn't get that bond. And For 27 years, it took me to get a relationship with my daughter. I'm not looking for your pity. I want you to understand there's sacrifices most people don't think about. I could get into the PTSD and all that, and and I'm not going to but there's sacrifices. I have neuropathy in my feet. That's why I walk with a cane. People say, well, I'm I'm so sorry about that. It's the cost of freedom. This is what what your freedom costs. Amen? When you see these veterans without an arm or a leg, or you see veterans that are suffering from PTSD, uh, or walking with a cane, or, or whatever's going on in their life, Agent Orange and everything else that's going on, that's the cost of freedom. Don't give it away. Please don't give it away. Amen. God called me to this and I thank him for it. It has been the best 16 years of my life. I've enjoyed it greatly. And I'm looking forward to it. Our ministry is about to take a change. We are still going to be ministering to veterans, but one of the things that we wanted to do from the get-go was build a retreat and God wouldn't let us do it. He's finally going to let us do it. It's going to cost us about a half a million dollars to build it. That's property, buildings, everything. That's cheap in this economy. But we're going to do a lot of the work ourselves. We've got a lot of volunteer work already scheduled. But we're going to build a retreat where they can come. Because of my health, I'm not able to travel like I used to, brother. You know, We made that drive to Michigan 13 hours straight through. It took me four days to recover. You know, I'm thankful that you allowed me to come here tonight because we can spend the night in a motel and I'm not making that 13 hour drive. But that's that's what we do. Amen. We want to make a difference in soldiers and sailors and Marines and airmen's lives and even the Coast Guard. (laughs) I was talking to her and she said, what about the Coast Guard? And I said, we haven't had a Coast Guard in 20 years. Did you know that? During a time of war, we've been in at war with Afghanistan for in Afghanistan for twenty years. During a time of war, the uh, Coast Guard becomes a department of the Navy. Just a little fact. Throw that out there. Amen. But you pray for us. That's all I ask. You pray for us. We meet soldiers sometimes under bridges in cardboard boxes. I've meet, met soldiers. The day they were planning on committing suicide, I shared that with you a minute ago. Didn't know it at the time. I've had to calm them down when they're in a fit of a rage. I never understood. I, I sit there in Germany, brother, and cried on my pastors. I had been called. I'd find, God had called me to preach. I was looking forward to getting out of the military. And, and I got called to go to combat. And I, I cried on my pastor's shoulder. I said, why? Why? I don't want to go take lives now. I want to save lives. But now I understand it. Amen? I can't witness to somebody that's been on the front line until I've been there. And I've been there. I've got some ghosts. A lot of these soldiers deal with two things. The first one is survivor's guilt. I had a guy up in Michigan, he was a Marine. And he was threatening to commit suicide, and I went and talked with him. And I sat there, and he says, Well, he says, if your God is so loving, why did he kill the only Christian in our unit? I said, What do you mean? He says, I had duty, and my buddy who was a Christian switched duties with me, and he got killed in my place. I can't forgive your God. He said, Why didn't he take me? Why did he take him? I looked at that young man. He's about 20 years old. I said, did you ever stop to think that God knew he was already ready to go? And he gave you a second chance? Got to lead him to the Lord that day. Amen. It's a hard ministry. Soldiers are hard. Military are hard people. You've got to be that way to face the enemy. I was just at a reunion. I'll throw this out there and we'll get to the word of God. You can start turning to the book of Jonah. It's hard to find. But uh, I was just at our, our guys that I went to war with. We had our 30th anniversary. 30 years since we come home. And we got talking about things over there. And most of us were in our 20s. I was one of the older sergeants. I was 20 or 30 years old. Most of the sergeants, most of the NCOs in charge of sections in our unit were 20 or 21 years old. Leading men in war. And things happen that shouldn't happen. And you have to make split-setting decisions of life and death. And we sat there and we was talking about some things that took place. And I'm not going to tell you what all, all it was. You want to ask later, I'll tell you about the MIMS incident. But we sat there at that meeting this summer. And we was talking about the MIMS incident. And we realized that we were about a hair's width from killing each other. Because of what took place. But because of our training, things didn't make sense. So we didn't react overreact. We act, reacted to what our training said, and it saved all our lives. I keep getting chances to witness. The last time I was with 2nd Battalion 29th Field Artillery in Baumholder, Germany, as I was leaving there, the captain called me up, presented me with a little award. It was a plaque thanking me for being a part of the 2nd Battalion 29th Field Artillery, Alpha Battery. He said, next 25 minutes of yours. Do what you want. I preached to my guys for the last 20 Minutes I was in that battalion. 11 years later, my section chief got saved. Amen. It's worth it. It's worth it. They need it. We need it. We need your help winning souls. Go to the book of Jonah with me, if you would. I'm going to preach a four message series. In one night. Actually, five messages. Several years ago, I was asked to do a missions conference and God told me to do it on Jonah. You ever thought of the book of Jonah as a missions in the Bible? Look with me, if you would, in Jonah chapter 1. and It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of mitten, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down. You notice how many times he's going down here? Notice that. He went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Pay attention to this verse. Then the mariners were afraid, and they cried every man unto what? His God. Pay attention to that. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down. When you start going down, you're going away from God. Into the sides of the ship, and lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster <coughs> excuse me. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, come let us cast lots that we may. Know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. You know the heathen will know it when you're running from God. Yeah. Amen. Right. Because he had told them. <laughs> <laughs> then said they unto him, What shall we do to thee that the sea may be calm unto us, and the sea wrought was, for the sea was wrought and tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was temptuous against them. Therefore, they cried unto who? The Lord. You see the difference? They cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, and be we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from a raging. Look at this verse. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. I want to read this last verse. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish. In the New Testament, it calls it a whale. Amen. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly, in the fish three days and three nights. Father, we come before You tonight. I thank You, dear God, for this testimony of Your prophet Jonah. I thank You, Lord, for not only what You have recorded about him, but what we can learn from him ask You, Lord, for Your power to preach tonight. ask You, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to move upon the hearts of those that are here, upon the hearts of those that are listening by electronic device. God, help us, Father, tonight that the lost might see Christ as they've never seen Him before. Help us, Father, tonight that the saved might be encouraged in missions the way they've never been encouraged before. Help us tonight, Lord, that we might see the need of the lost more than our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I read the whole chapter, chapter one. I'm not going to read the other, four cha- the other three chapters. You can do that later. That's your homework. I am the president of a Bible college. I do like giving homework. What we read here, I pointed out some key verses. Did you catch them? First, they cried out to their God. Then they said, Jonah, why don't you cry out to your God? And finally, they cried out to the Lord God. But did you catch the part where it says they made vows and sacrifices? You know what that tells me? It's very clear in chapter 1 that Jonah ran from God. Everybody knows Jonah what Jonah do? He ran from God. Right? right. Amen. You ever met a preacher that didn't? I don't know too many preachers that didn't run when God said, "I want you to be a preacher." Not me. <laughs> Amen. Not me. I ran. Jonah got off easy. He spent three days in the belly of the whale. I spent five years, nine months, 11 days, eight and a half hours in the United States Army. <laughs> that was my whale. Hey, man, I don't, know, I don't know of very many preachers, if any, that when God called them, they weren't afraid and ran. Why did Jonah run? God sent him to what? Where did, where did God send him? Come on, help me. Nineveh. Where's Nineveh? Anybody know? Who, who are the people of Nineveh? What were they known for? Let me put it to you this way. Who's ever heard of ISIS? Anybody? You want to go be a, uh, you want to go be a missionary to ISIS? Any volunteers? Why not? They're a barbarous people, aren't they? That's who Jonah was sent to. The same people. ISIS formed in Mazul Rock, which is modern day Nineveh. Same people, same ideology. For all we know, these people were raiders. Uh, We know this part about them. They were raiders. They would go into Israel and other countries and they would raid them and take captives. They would kill the parents and take the children captives. They would kill the husband and take the wife captive. For all we know, Jonah's parents were slaughtered by these people. Do you want to go? You don't blame Jonah for running so much anymore, do you? Amen? Yeah, Jonah ran from God. But if he hadn't ran from God and been on that ship, those people on the ship wouldn't have got saved. If I read that right, brother, they cried unto the Lord and made oaths and made sacrifices on the Lord. They got born again on that ship. You ever stop to think about this? I, I, I did do some. I, I don't wear boots and a cowboy hat for nothing. Hey man I did do some rodeoing when I lived out in New Mexico, and uh, I can rope, can I, honey? I proved it to her about five years ago. First time I'd picked up a rope in 20 years. I lassoed her about 15 feet away from me on a dead run. <laughs> I learned this when I was herding cattle. They run from you. But if you're herding them, they run exactly where you want them to go. Jonah went exactly where God wanted him to go. Think about that. Amen? Jonah ran from God. He went to that ship, and he led that entire ship to Christ. Because when, God, when they saw the judgment of God on Jonah, they said, man, we want to be right with that God. We don't want our gods no more. We, want, we cried out unto the Lord. We made oaths to the Lord. We made sacrifices to the Lord. An entire ship got saved because Jonah ran. What about that? Amen? Chapter 2, we read about the belly of the whale. Jonah going through the belly of the whale. I'm going to be very short here, and I I don't want to take a lot of time because I want to get all the way through all five of these messages. But I'm not going to get into all the detail, but I want to say this about the belly of the whale. If you ate a steak today... According to what I've been told, what I was taught in school, it takes seven days to digest that steak in your stomach. To fully digest every bit of it takes seven days. Jonah spent three days in the belly of the whale. Think about that. He didn't come out looking like Hulk Hogan. Well, maybe he did a little bit. I don't believe he had a hair on his body. I believe his skin was probably that of a burned, someone who had been 60 to 80 percent burned over their entire body as that acid ate at his flesh for three days. He looked like a monster. He did not look like the Jonah that went in, that went to Tarshish, that got on the ship to go to Tarshish. Amen? Can I say this? The judgment of God was on him. Amen? The judgment of God was on him. After three days, he gets spit out of the belly of the whale. He repents. He prays for the first time. He hasn't prayed up until now. He prays for the first time going through the trial of the belly of the whale. Wait until you get in the belly of the whale. You'll pray. You'll pray. Amen. When the ass it's chewing you apart and you can't see light from you don't know. It says in there that he went to the depths of the sea. He was the first submariner. <laughs> but finally, the whale spits him out. Chapter 3, we find God renews his call. Aren't you thankful for second chances? Amen. I don't know about you, but I can't go too many days without making a mistake. But I have a God of second chances and third chances. God gives the same call to Nineveh that he did in chapter 1 and chapter 3. This time he goes. And he walks into Nineveh. And his Bible says it was a three days journey to walk through Nineveh from one side to the other. Three days. He walks a day and a half into Nineveh, about halfway. Yet in 40 days in Nineveh shall be judged. Somebody that's 80% burn over their body, has no hair on their body, looks like Frankenstein's brother, just walked into your town crying, God's going to judge you. The people in Nineveh saw the judgment of God on him and, and reacted in fear. Had Jonah not gone through the belly of the whale, Nineveh would have never listened to him. Had I not gone through the, the, the pits of hell in, fire, in firefights and in war, God couldn't use me, what He's doing for me to, with me today. God's going to put you through something. He, he, he's going to allow something for your life to go through so that you can minister to people just like that. I don't know if it's, as I mentioned, the loss of a child. I don't know if it's cancer. I don't know if it's something else. The loss of a, loss of a spouse early on in age. I don't know what it is, but God allows things in our lives so we learn how to minister to those people. Amen. Nineveh would have never, Nineveh reacted in absolute Absolutely. They they reacted in, in repentance. Amen? From the king all the way down. The king made a decree that you weren't allowed to eat or drink. You weren't even allowed to let your cat eat or drink. You weren't allowed to let your goats eat or drink. You weren't allowed to let your cattle eat or drink. You weren't allowed to let your children eat or drink. Until God changed His mind. Man, if America would get serious like that, what would happen in America? If this church would get serious like that, what would happen in this community? We're going to fast until we get right with God so God can use us. Chapter 3, Jonah gets a second chance. Chapter 4, we find Jonah pouting because God forgave him. Would you pout if God forgave your enemies? Don't tell me you won't. We all do. Jonah said it right. He said, I knew he was going to do it that way. That's why I ran. I knew you'd forgive him. Why? Because he's a forgiving God. Well, learn something from that. Hey, by the way, have you ever quoted what's called the Lord's Prayer? Have you ever quoted that? Our Father which heaven in heaven? Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What's that next phrase? And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. Did you know there's a prerequisite to God forgiving you? You've got to forgive others. Jonah wouldn't forgive. It's one of the things that makes me think they killed his parents. He didn't want to forgive them. He didn't want them saved. He wanted them destroyed. You ever had somebody do you so wrong, you wanted them destroyed? It's one of the reasons they joined the military. I'm ashamed of it today, but I'm being honest with you tonight. I had some people that hurt me bad. I figured I'd go in the military, get trained how to kill, and get paid for it. And then I'll go see him. But what I didn't know is God sent a man into basic training named Brian Paul Cope. And Brian met everybody that came into the unit. And he said, "Hi, I'm Brian Cope. I'll be praying for you." "Hi, I'm Brian Cope. I'll be praying for you." "Stand up, brother." "Will you shake my hand?" "Sure." "I'm Cadden." He walked up to me and he says, "Hi, I'm Brian Cope. I'm praying for you, brother." "Thanks." He didn't call everybody else brother. You can sit down. But he called me brother. How did he know that? I was saved. I was running from God. God he called me to preach. I was running from it. I was angry because of the the things that I'd mentioned a few minutes ago that I'm not going to get into the details of. How did he know I was his brother? He'd come up to me and, can I read my Bible to you? Get the escalation mark, all that fun. I made a sailor blush. Ashamed of it. He kept coming up there, can I pray for you? I said, Brian, you come around here again, I'm going to kill you. And I met it. I was angry. You ever been that way? Chapter 4, God teaches Jonah that you've got to forgive your enemies regardless of what they did to you. God lets him pout. He builds, you know, the story of the gourd. He makes the gourd, and Jonah pouts over it when it dies. He had more compassion on the gourd than he did on the people. And you know what? You got more compassion on your dog than you do on the people that hurt you. You got more compassion on a stray cat than you do on the people that hurt you. Forgive them and let it go. God tells Jonah at the end of Jonah, at the end of the book of Jonah, he tells him this. He says, I sent you there for those who don't know their left hand from their right hand. Do you know what that means? The children. He says, I sent you there for the children. And I think Jonah finally got it. And I'll give you three reasons why I believe that. And this gets into the fifth message. We made it. Praise God. Three reasons why I believe Jonah got right with God and stayed in Nineveh. Number one, who else besides Jonah would know what happened in the belly of the whale? Because he describes it in chapter 2. Only God and Jonah would know that information. And we know that God breathed the Word of God, but He used men to pin it. Only God and Jonah knew what took place in the belly of the whale. Number two. In Matthew, it's skipping my mind right at the moment. I got it written down, but it's skipping my mind. But is it Matthew chapter 7? No. In Matthew, in the book of Matthew, I know it's in the book of Matthew. God uses Jonah as a type of Christ. As Jonas was three days in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be in the earth. Right? If Jonah was not right with God, God would not have used him as a type of Christ. That's probably the most important one. I do not believe God would have used a backslidden prophet as a type of Christ. Don't believe that. Nowhere else in the Bible is... Does is that happen? So Jonah had to have gotten right with God. There's a third reason. As much as I love this old King James Bible, you're not going to find it in here. There's a third reason why I believe Jonah got right with God. When we first started this ministry... We were supporting soldiers when they deployed. We don't get as many names as we used to. But when we first started this ministry, we'd send out care packages. A Care packages cost, at that time, cost us about $23 to put it together and mail it. And we were sending out six to $800 a month of care packages. One of those soldiers that we were doing that for was stationed in Mavzul. And his job every day, I won't tell you his name because I know you're recording and broadcasting this, and I will not give out soldiers' names over the air. But I'll tell you this: I know him and I trust him ex- explicitly, explicitly. Every day he had to drive past a mosque. and it's called Jonah's. Mosque. Jonah was there before Islam was founded. But they loved him so much they called him a prophet. He's in the Quran. Jonah's mosque is still there to this day. I had been told it had been destroyed. I recently found out that's not true. It's still there. I've got the coordinates for it on my phone. I could show it to you. Jonah stayed and ministered to the people that he used to hate. What about that? If that's not a missions chapter, if that's not a missions book, I don't know what it is. Amen? The very people that probably killed his parents, God sent him to minister to, and he ended up loving them. The very people that hurt you, God can use you if you will forgive them. God will use you to minister to them and to minister to their families. You may not reach grandpa and grandma. You may not reach mom and dad. But there's people, there's children that don't know their left hand from their right hand that God may use you to reach in that family that hurts you. Forgive them. Jonah learned forgiveness. Forgiveness. And as I mentioned in the Lord's Prayer, you know that's a type. That's, just, that's an example of how we should pray. I don't have time. To, I'm not preaching that tonight. I'm not getting into that. I'll let your pastor define all that. But as it says in there, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. God is not obligated to forgive you for anything when you don't want to forgive anybody else. It's the same principle as give and it shall be given unto you. You've got to act first. I believe with all my heart, that person that was there has given me pictures of Jonah's mosque. Like I said, he gave me the coordinates for it. It's still there. He stayed. And he loved them people. I don't know how long he was there, but he stayed long enough They built a mosque to him. His grave is inside the mosque. What's your Nineveh? Where's God called you to? Where's God asked you to minister to? There was two men that hurt me bad. For years, if you came up and told me your name was David, I hated you. Because they were both named David. I finally, Brother Jim, I finally forgave them. I was over in Germany and I was in a church over there, a military church over there, not a base church, a military church, if you know the difference. And Garland Powell got up and preached on forgiveness. Dr. Garland Powell. I come home that night and I looked at my wife as we laid in bed. I said, honey, i got to forgive those two men. They were both named David. And I laid there and said, God, I hate them. But i got to forgive them. And Lord, I don't know how, but I need your help to help me forgive them. found out about three years later that both of them had a heart attack that night. That's not coincidence. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. Maybe the reason God isn't judging the person that hurt you is because you are. And He can't do it until you let go of it. God didn't judge those the two men until I let go of it. God couldn't judge Nineveh. Until Jonah let go of it. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know who I'm preaching to. The only people I know in here is Brother Shane and his wife. And I met Brother Jim tonight. Talked to him on the phone a couple times. Once or twice. I don't know what you're going through. But I don't think it's a coincidence that God put this burden on my heart tonight. As we stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. Someone wants to come or put some music on. I don't know what you're dealing with tonight. But it's time right now. Come. Get rid of it. Come. Give it to God. You may not know how to forgive. You may not know how to ask for it. But it needs to take place tonight. Well, I don't want to move. Everybody will think there's something wrong with me. There's already people moving, so don't worry about it. Do it tonight. Don't carry it another day. Don't carry it another mile. You better hold on once you forgive them because God's going to use you Like you never thought was possible. God's calling you tonight to repentance. Some need to repent and get saved. Others here need to repent of your bitterness, of your anger. Some here tonight need to repent of just not being willing to forgive people. I don't know. I don't know you, but I know my God. He don't make mistakes. I'm not going to draw it out, preacher. But the call's been made. How you respond to it is up to you. I tell soldiers all the time, I can tell you about Christ, I can tell you how much He loves you, and I can show you how much He loves you, but I can't choose Him for you. You've got to do that yourself. My friend here tonight, you've got to do that for yourself. I can't choose Christ for you. I can't choose for you to get right with God if there's bitterness in your heart. I can't choose for you to forgive that person. I can't do that for you. I would if I could. I can't. But you can. Preacher, you come. We keep that hymn of invitation rolling and...